Hi everyone, welcome to Chase Fana. Um, and today I have a very special guest with me. I call him Uncle Dapo, but he's more like a dad to me. Um, for those who know him, he goes by Uncle D. And for those who don't know him, it's Pastor Dapo Aitigo. Good evening, Uncle D. How you doing? I'm good. And we can actually drop the pastor bit. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But wait, what? So, wait, if they, if they don't know you, if they're meeting you for the first time, they just call you. Okay. There's Mr. actually. Yeah. Forget about that sometimes. Good, thank you. We're, There's a miss that different. We're making progress. We're making progress, actually. Yeah, guys, this has been a it's been a <laughs> a years long, decade long journey. But yeah, we're making progress. And it's it's actually a good segue to today's topic. We're gonna to be talking about discipleship. And it's a hot topic right now in Christianity. But Uncle D has a different approach to what a lot of people think of as discipleship. And while I don't think those people are wrong, I just think that Uncle D has a really, really interesting and beneficial approach to it that I think is also very biblical. Um, Another reason I wanted him to come and talk about this is because it's not something that he talks about. It's something I've seen him live um, a bit of backstory. I think the first time I was really, really um, attracted to the Christian life was when I was a teenager and I was watching his life, you know, and just seeing the way that he was going about his life. It was the first time I was seeing someone genuinely living out their Christianity beyond the Sunday services. So that was that was like my first time I was attracted to oh this Christian life and oh I want to know this Jesus that makes this person live this life and since then uh, you know I've, I've grown to know more about more about the faith and more about him and he's been that constant presence that has taught me this so when we're talking about discipleship from his perspective it's not something that he's told me about it's something we've lived out so we're going to be talking more about that tonight so uncle d yeah sure pa. I'm good, thank you. Very good. Great, great. I know you have me this time. Thank God. Um, so on discipleship, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I'm just gonna keep. Yeah, where, where I've, I've got to be. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Try my um, best. Yeah. yeah. So let's just get into it. What does okay. discipleship mean to you? Yes, to you. I think that that's the wrong question. It's okay. not about what it means to me or means to anyone. Discipleship is question is what does discipleship mean to Jesus, the one who mm-hmm. commissioned us to do it? That right. is the question. Because you can say what it means to me, I can say whatever I like. Right. But my words mean nothing. What matters the most is what are the words that God or Jesus intended when he said, Go make disciples of all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. What does that mean? What does that right. look like to Jesus? Right. So what what would you say? That's a great way to start, actually. And thank you for that correction. So what would you say that, you know, for anyone who's listening, what, what does it mean to Jesus? What did Jesus mean when he said, go and make disciples? Okay, we let, let's first of all understand what he said. Let's read it together. So 
right. you know, and then before we then look at what does it look like to us today. So okay. the, the main text that most people will agree on is mm-hmm. the commission of the church is Matthew 28, right? Yeah. yeah? And, and we read from verse 16. Mm-hmm. So he says, then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee to the mountain pointed for them. For him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. First of all, notice some words. I'm going to pick out some words. Go. Okay. Therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Nations. So that's the commandment. Go, therefore, right? Because all authority has been given to him. Make disciples of all nations, right? And then he gives us what we are to do. Mm-hmm. First of all, we are to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if someone is not yet baptized, are they really in discipleship? Mm-hmm. Don't believe that. Okay. The second thing is the second thing he says is teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. That is teaching them to observe. Now, let me bring make a very significant point. Teaching is not the same thing as information. Right. And this is, okay, would I just kind of explain what we do? I've been through the process and it doesn't work. Yeah. Because that's not what Jesus did. This is what we did. We tell people to go to a classroom for a number of weeks, months, Mm -hmm. or years. Mm -hmm. And we say we're teaching them discipleship. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not what I saw Jesus do. Yeah. He did teach them, but he modeled it. So let's let's look at Jesus' first disciples. Let's... Uh, have you got a question for me because the the, the key thing is if people are not obeying Jesus are they disciples right but you know I I think we should start with let's break down let's let's break it down the way we do it and the way that Jesus said we should do it because I think there, there might be a difference in how people think that it should be done or how it can be done today. And I think that's something we should tackle on, uh, tackle later, you know, the limitations to doing it that exact way. Because a lot of people will argue that, well, it's the same way that the, the church has changed since the days of the early church. You know, like church is really different now um, than it was back then. So they, they would tell you we're adapting it for the 21st century. But your proposition is that it can be adapted in a completely different way. So I think let's start from you know what Jesus did, what we currently do, and what you think that it should be. Or according to Jesus, <laughs> what it should be. Okay, I, I actually I picked something out this week. I wasn't thinking about it, but it came to my mind. Okay. Let me tell you what we do. The, the first thing that we do is um, there are two types of people in church. Yeah. And generally, generally there are two types of people um, among the what we call the location or whatever we do. There are two mm-hmm. types of people. You have the people who are the gifts, mm. and then you got the people who are the numbers. Right. This is new, so it's a new concept I've thought about. Mm. The people who are the gifts are the workers. Yeah. So they're generally there. Occasionally they will be discipled, but they're generally there because of the gift. That means they're the ones who are serving you. They may yeah. be an assistant pastor. They may be 
they may be uh, a cleaner in the church they may be an usher yeah. they may be you understand those yeah. are the gifts so those are the guys that are using the gifts inside the body and then there's the followers those are the girls who come to church sit down and you pass on the information whatever yeah. means you answer that so so generally those are the two things mm-hmm. however when you look at a lot of what jesus did right let's take the first set of examples and let's let's see if we can let's go to john one this will right. really help and and, and 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 first of all let me understand john one is kind of fresh to me but mm-hmm. it just enhances what i've been practicing over the years and i'll tell you how i came into this whole discipleship thing right okay so so John 1, 1, let, let's, John 1, 35, John 1, 1, 35, no, John 1, 35. Wait, John 1, okay. 35, yeah. Yeah, 35, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, this is John the Baptist, not John mm-hmm. the Apostle, Yeah. and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? Mm-hmm. They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher. Yeah. Where are you staying? Now, let's, let's look at that. Bit. They asked him, where are you staying? Yeah. Did you, doesn't I find this? Where do you live? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. He, he said, come and see. Mm-hmm. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Mm-hmm. And one of the two who heard John speak who and followed him was Andrew, mm-hmm. Simon Peter's brother. Mm-hmm. He's, he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah. Yeah. How did they know he was the Messiah? I don't think it was just because of the fact that John had said, oh, that is the Lamb, or behold, the Lamb of God, right? They went to spend a day with him. They even right. spent, it was, it was a 10 hour, they spent time. Jesus said, come and see where I am staying. Yeah, and see, in a 10 hour period, they got to know him better. Yeah, you know, they got to know him. They got to you understand and they were already convinced that this was not an ordinary prophet and what did they do the first thing they did was both of them he one went to go and call his brother simon i have found the messiah the following day let's read on verse 43 the following day jesus went to galilee and he found philip and said follow me now philip was from Bethsaida, the city of andrew and peter Philip found Nathaniel and said, we have found him of whom Moses spoke. How did he know? Right. See, there's something about discipleship of being around someone mm-hmm. that actually convinces you what they believe is true. Yeah. And, 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 and so what we do is we think that, and this is, we think that by giving a few sermons every Sunday or during the week that we're discipling people mm. actually it is easier for them to learn from what you do than what yeah. you say yeah definitely now people will say oh but that was the 21st century that was then look at now okay so let's look at now what are the fastest growing movements it's definitely not organizational churches and big churches that's true fastest growing movements are small group movements yeah 
Definitely. All over the world. Those are small group movements. You can say, you can have this pastor, and even actually the figures actually stack it up. If I disciple someone for three years, mm-hmm. and you disciple someone for, no, sorry, if I disciple three people properly, effectively, who obey Jesus three years mm-hmm. uh, in a year, and we do the multiplication, and they begin to disciple someone else. Yeah. Right? Do you know that the gospel was spread farther than having one pastor have a mega church of 40, 50,000? Right. Yeah. So so that's the big difference. I, I think that's the key. Being around someone tells you, first of all, it tells you that you, the person that you're around, believe it. Mm-hmm. And once they believe it, then what they say is authenticated. Yeah. By what they do. Yeah. And a lot of churches cannot authenticate what they do because when they look at the lifestyle of their leaders or they don't even know what the lifestyle of their leaders are, yeah? Most of the things that attract people right now are material things. Hmm. Not the lifestyle of leaders. Right. I think the thing is, a lot of us don't even get to... Unless you're privileged to, like you said, be a worker or be in a small church like a community church or what we call a community church you don't even get to know your 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 leaders and that's multiple leaders all of them you don't get to know their lifestyles you don't get to know much about them other than seeing them in meetings which yeah i definitely i definitely get what you're talking about i i, I want to even speak from my own personal experience um i had a lot of great leaders in church i mean because growing up in the church had a lot of great teachers great leaders and they all were fantastic and god bless all of them they were gifted they were amazing you know definitely god was doing a lot through them and looking back now they definitely sowed a lot of great seeds in my life but however i think the difference with having someone like you around was every time i only saw them in church in a church setting so there was no way to authenticate, like you said, you know, um, and when I was younger, I was very, I didn't think that the Jesus thing could really be done. I thought it was because I came from a perspective of it's a do and don't religion. It's a set of rules that you either keep or you go to hell. So when I wasn't seeing people, you know, actively living that life outside of church and keeping that in my mind it couldn't really be done until you know getting closer to you and seeing that oh this man actually he's actually about that life i remember you know um being a teenager and you know you would say we only play christian music in this house you know you can go outside if you want to listen to your whatever it is you want to listen to but in this house we don't and you know like sometimes i would be like no this man has to be joking now like we're going to eventually i'm gonna hear some popular music you know at some point this man is not going to do this but you know it, it, it didn't change it was something that was consistent it was something that you did and even um seeing the way that you related to you, even your neighbor everyone i remember on my 21st birthday you came to um, my uni and you actually gave me one of the best gifts i've ever received that spirit bible i actually have it on my bed right now um but you made friends with 
the security man at my hostel you know and it's something that you do you know it's something i've actually watched you over the years it's something you do there's nobody that you don't make friends with and share the gospel to and that was something that really really drew me towards this life you know of seeing okay this man is actually doing this thing you know and i i see you not only do you 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 make it a part of your life that you reach out to people whenever wherever however so your life is missional and then you now do the whole thing of actually preaching teaching and going on mission trips actually so it, your life is not about the oh i'm preparing for a sunday sermon is that this is your life and I, i i get to see that but i guess a lot of people don't really have that privilege unfortunately of having leaders that they are so close to that they can see that kind of side of them so um i i definitely understand what you are saying um in terms of effect and i i guess i'm a living <laughs> testimony of the effect of that but don't you think that there there is there is a place for the blended approach i know a lot of people haven't quite figured out this your approach um which is jesus's approach but i guess a lot of people don't even know how to start with that you know what would be your advice for someone you want me to talk about that yeah people need to die sorry <laughs> let me just break it down let me let me break something down yeah event, people need to die know? yeah they need to die yeah I think we just need to die I'm not to, I don't really need let me let me let me use the scripture or I don't understand let me give you a scripture let me back it up with scripture let me back it up with scripture up with you know me uh, a man of the word a man of the word where look at okay <laughs> now John 12 you know, yeah. John 12 now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast Then they came to Philip who was from beside of Galilee. Saint Philip yeah. asked him saying, "Sir, we wish to see Jesus." Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. Mm-hmm. But Jesus answered them saying, "The hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Most yeah. assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, he remains alone." but right. if it dies it produces much grain mm. he who loves his life will lose yeah. his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life mm. if anyone serves me let him follow me and where i am that my servant will be also if anyone serves me him my father will honor so let's understand right. the context <laughs> one of the greatest difficulties for church leaders today is to die to what they think is their vision and embrace God's vision. Right. The fivefold ministry was meant to be the foundation not mm-hmm. to be not to be the rooftop. Right. Many people want to be seen. The words that I see bust around and I find it my struggle with this words like oh he's influencing is an influencer. Look, if you're really an influencer, why are they still following you and not following Jesus? Hmm. We, we use hmm. okay we, yeah, please go we, on we, we use all these terminologies and but the truth of the matter is you know okay Uche you and I have a conversation I say to you Uche who are you discipling yeah you're, you're in a different part of the world the relationship is still intact yeah right 
Okay? I don't see that and say to you, Uchi, are you reading your Bible? Because that's baby stuff. Mm-hmm. That is expected. Do you understand? Yeah. What we can do, the relationship has just changed to many years back. It has changed. Yeah. The dimension is saying, Samuel sitting there and saying, Uchi, are you reading your Bible? Now we're talking scripture. Yeah. So you're reading something and you're saying, oh, Uncle D, let me share this with you. Yeah. Or oh, what do you think? You're, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not teaching you because you've got brains. Everybody's got a Bible to read. So why do we still think that, you know, people use this words, in my church, they don't feed me or they feed me. Come on. How long do you want to grow? That is not discipleship. Right. That is following ship. Discipleship empowers people to walk with God and to train other people. Yeah. And, 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 and this is one of the key things. Let me tell you how I stumbled across it. I, I stumbled across it because I, I think that I noticed that in the church service, nearly every church service is the typically you know we go in yeah either depending on which culture you're in you probably if you're more of a maybe western culture you probably sing three songs and a half yeah (laughs) Uh, right if you're a nigerian church or maybe african church you sing about 30 minutes or depending on the sophistication so if yeah. you're one of the sophisticated churches, you sing 30 minutes of praise worship, and then you get some announcements or you know something in between, and then somebody comes to preach to you, depending on yeah. whether it's one hour, two hour, some 45 minutes, and some one hour, but it's centered. Yeah. What we don't know is the church is centered around one person or a group mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And the rest of the 5,000 people, or three or whatever number, just come, and they sit down and they look at you and then they go back home. Mm. That is not what Jesus did. That is preaching to the crowd. Yeah. Actually, one thing. Let's go to something. I want to show you something. I, I, I hope we've picked it up before. And I'm saying this because I want to lay a foundation of how do we transition from information to discipleship. Because that's what yeah. we need to do. Okay. So the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Very, very popular sermon. Yeah? Yeah. Now, I think let's we've spoken about this, but yeah, please go on. Yeah, he says, seeing the multitudes, he went to the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, He taught his disciples, but the whole Sermon of the Mount was conversations that they would have had. It's not just one sermon, by the way, but it's conversations mm. that of different conversations that they would have had with Jesus over the years, the time that he walked with them on the physical earth. So he wasn't just passing on information to them. He was showing them a lifestyle. So some of the questions came out of the lifestyle, the things that they saw. Hmm. You know, some of the, you know, and it's quite interesting that we ignore this. We think that, you know, I mean, my cousin, my, one of my nephews is uh, plays in a church in Nigeria. Yeah. And I asked him a question. I asked him a question. When was the last time he read the Bible? He doesn't read the Bible at home. Hmm. But you're, you're, you're in the worship team. But what is your pastor? Is it my pastor just pays us to come and that's it. How is that discipleship? So, the, the whole concept of discipleship for me is I cannot give myself to 100 people. Yeah. But I can give myself to 10. If I yeah. work with 10 people for a particular period of time, right, and I'm truly um, walking with God, then mm-hmm. they too should be able to walk with God. Yeah. 
a good tree cannot bear bad fruits. Neither right. can a bad tree bear good fruit. Bear good fruit. Yeah. So if the church is filled up with people who don't obey God, look at its leadership or look at its structures or look at its strategy. Mm. Because the commandment is go make disciples who obey me. Hmm. And so it changed my way of thinking. So I, I started to, it started when I was running, when I was part of a youth leadership team. The guys were just not interested in coming to church. The, you know, they were just yeah. not interested. They were just, they just didn't care. Yeah. So, so uh, two people came up to me and said, uh, "Oh, I understand you know how to evangelize. Uh, can you teach me how to evangelize?" And I was kind of new to Christianity, so I didn't know the whole protocol of, you know, you go to the pastor, you know, kind of stuff. I was new yeah. to the. Whole, I, I didn't understand all that. So I said, "Why don't you guys come to the house?" And there was a guy and there was a girl. I was a lot older. Yeah, my brother and I, my brother was a Christian. We lived in the house and they came to the house. Uh, and when they came, when they came to the house, uh, we started um, reading the Bible. Like I said, I've, I've never been trained at that time. I've never been to Bible school. And we started to read the Bible. And then, like Peter, like like uh, Philip, they called somebody else. They, they said, oh, this is good. And they called someone else. They said, oh, we're doing this thing in the house. This is new. So they, so we now had, from two people, within two weeks, we had four people, right? And then yeah. um, their parents found out. I mean, they were pretty young. Um, but one of the good things was that um, they were all doing their A-levels at the time. This was about 15, uh, about 20 years ago. They were all doing their A-levels. And they all had bad results. Things were bad, pretty bad. So we, we yeah. I asked them a question. Why did you guys bank your A-levels? And so we now had to put a plan in place, yeah, to make sure they had a stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't just about reading the Bible, it was translating yeah, into, into a lifestyle. Life. So I was involved in the lifestyle. Yeah. So their parents finally yeah. said, if you want to study the Bible, why didn't you go and do it in church? And they said, we're not going to go and do anything in church. So they were about to back out. But then the youth leader at the time also was thinking of what to do. So they went to the youth leader and said, we will come to the youth group if they would allow me to... I don't like, to be honest, I didn't like the... just didn't like them at all. <laughs> like me, oh, I... But that's where God would transition me from wanting to be a preacher on the pulpit to being a disciple of people. Yeah. And that's that's that helped me transition. And I 20 years on, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still yeah, equipping, are. still running, still chasing after people. So, you know, it's not easy, but I had to die to the whole idea of becoming the man of God. Yeah? The mm -hmm. man of God, the one that everybody looks at. You understand? Mm -hmm. To the mm -hmm. one who is producing disciples who in turn make disciples. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you for that. I, I want us to also, like, let's give people some, like, practical things using our relationship. So, um, with Uncle D and I, how it works is, like he said, our relationship has trans transitioned over time. There was a time where he would call me up, you know, we would have a chat, and then he would ask me a question about scripture. And that question could set me on, like, a Bible study thing for weeks. And then, you know, we would have another conversation um 
and then it would be about what I learned and I would tell him okay this is it and then a lot of times I would get a lot of things wrong but I would get some things right and we would discuss it and then we'd move from there to another thing to another thing to another thing and it got to the point where Uncle D can you hear me? Loud and clear perfect okay so it got to the point where like uncle d knew all my friends you know even when i was in secondary school he knew all my friends even when i would um because uncle d lives in england when i would go on holiday if any of my friends was in town like they would all come to the house like he would know about all my friends all their lives everything like till today i tell him oh one of my friends is getting married one of my friends is yeah is that is that kind of relationship but as over time it's transitioned to now i'm dating and it's a thing so on, uh, on one of the episodes i talked about um how my relationship with Tommy, how it went how uncle d was involved so it's the type of thing where you know now if i want to get into a relationship with somebody that person is going through uncle d it's not just going to be me vetting the person you know like i have wise counsel now you know and i've also learned the benefit of listening because i have done it the way of oh now i'm going to do this thing behind this man i'm going to do it by myself and i've seen the effects of that and i've seen what it's like when i actually listen and i'm guided and you know i have someone holding my hand through the process you know and kind of showing me okay this is the thing and one of the beautiful things about my relationship with uncle d and we spoke about this a few weeks ago it's not a yes sir yes sir relationship as you might have been able to tell from the dynamic um uncle d is uncle d is an old man <laughs> just in case anybody can't tell from his voice he's like he's like my mommy's age mate he's an old man <laughs> when i say he's actually my uncle um but we we have conversations and our conversations are varied sometimes we actually like have a proper debate on things from climate change to the weather <laughs> to food to you know feminism to lgbtq we've had all kinds of conversations over the years but the thing is he never makes me feel like i have to pretend or i have to defer to his opinion you know he one thing he always does is he always says let's go back to the scripture so oftentimes i remember when we had a conversation about climate change last year you know i was very passionate about where i was coming from and he was saying his own and i was like no this old man i don't i don't agree with what you're saying and then he was like okay put aside your emotion which i tend to i tend to get very heated and emotional about these things and then he'll calmly say okay pause put aside your emotion what does scripture say and then we look at scripture and often <laughs> as is usually the case i will come back and i'll be like okay you actually you had a point you were right this is where we were wrong but this is what i still don't agree with you about and it's fine and we go from that point and we move on it's not a it, the, the relationship i have with him i can't really say that i have that kind of relationship with a lot of other people um in the faith whether older younger it's it's often a very kind of differential relationship that you can't really challenge the relationship and this is not about honor i i i i have so much respect for uncle d and i honor him so much but our relationship is strong enough that and it's really enough that we can engage each other on real issues without fearing that there is going to be ah you said this to me ah how dare you think that this is this or that so yeah um uncle d can you can you just give some advice for people who are 
trying to engage in that type of relationship how do you maintain something like that because it's it's very much on you to create that room one of the key things I, I, I noticed from the life of Jesus and one of the key things is work I, is is um, people get to know you as a person yeah so they, they they know okay don't go there there's some areas where people know don't go there it's not going to work he's not yeah. he, he's going to love you but he's not going to bend towards it I mm-hmm. yeah, the way church is structured is like a codependency kind of thing mm. you know leaders need to be needed they like the whole accolades of pastor senior pastor you know um, <laughs> father in the Lord our daddy kind of stuff <laughs> And you think to yourself, okay, actually, let's look at it. Is my daughter, is she going to call me daddy in heaven? I don't think so. Hmm. You know, when you really look at where we're going, eternity, is my daughter going to call me, is my daughter going to call me daddy? I don't think so. Hmm. This is where it ends. This is it. Yeah. This is where daddy ends. So when, when you begin to look, look at that, you begin to say, Jesus himself said, the works that I do and greater works than these you would do. So what was he talking about? You know, when you really look at the life of Jesus, he, he wanted people to do better than him. Hmm. Right. So so why? And, and let's take the Nigerian culture. We say we want our children to be better than us. Yeah. Right. So why don't we want other people to be better than us? Hmm. And, and that's the whole heart of discipleship. It's not about me. It's about right. Jesus. It's about me empowering you to be who God wants you to be. And yeah. that means sometimes saying, and this is for the benefit of the body. So I'm saying, Uche, right now, let's look at talk about where we are now. What's our conversation? Yeah. Your conversation, my conversation is, Uche, who are you discipling? Right? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. That's the we moved away from Uche, are you reading the Bible? Because I know you're yeah. reading the Bible. The question yeah. is, Uche, who are you discipling? Who are yeah. you working with? In fact, um Tommy told me uh, the other day that he's passed someone on to you, correct? Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, because most of the people I'm working with right now is who are you discipling? Yeah. Right. Now I've never said it to anyone, oh, come and come to me and bring them to me let me help you disciple them no i would train you how to do it then i have to trust that god is who's working in me is working in you so if you want to really transition into discipleship you have to go to pick someone and begin to work with them not with the aim of them becoming a worker in your church or a worker in your organization or a follower in your organization what you want is for them to fulfill what God wants them to do. So you're right. working with them in their whole life. And that's difficult. But you have to transition into stop treating people either as gifts or numbers. Right. That's the first place to start. Number two, stop making the organization more important than people. Hmm. You know, you, 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 some people, the name of the organization, wow, it's so important more than people. And, and I, I had to break from that mold. Just like, for example, when I go into a church, you would very rarely, very rarely will I mention the organizations or the church that I belong to. Yeah. 
because I don't believe in it. Yeah, I, I believe that I'm going there, right, to equip someone, not mm-hmm. to become, uh, oh, this is what I did. Very rarely do I speak about the things that I do that have been successful because I'm not there to make myself look good. I'm there to present Jesus. Yeah. So discipleship for me is knowing the person, and even when you get to a place where uh, the person has grown beyond what I can do, then passing them on to the next person. Yeah. Because it's a it's it's about the body. It's about the movement. Now people will say to me, "What about church meetings? Church spends so much time invested, huge amounts in buildings that don't work. Why don't we just invest more time in people?" So if I'm going to say something, I'm going to say first of all transition. Take all your staff, all the members of your workers. Mm-hmm. Find out whether they are reading the scriptures for right. themselves. That's the first place to start. At least let's get them rooted in scriptures. Let's disagree. Let them agree. Let's disagree. Let's find out whether that's the actual meaning. Give them the liberty to say I don't agree with you. Mm. When you start that, there will be more spoken. You know, they will, they will speak out. And you know one thing also it would do? It will yeah. also help you. You know, one of the key things I learned from discipling people was that people always came up with questions that I was not thinking about. Right, yeah. So I had to grow. Yeah. Hmm? You know, the guys that I'm working with now, I mean, I, I think right now I'm probably discipling about 15 people, 15 to 30 people around the world. Okay, mm-hmm. and all of them are at different stages. Okay, yeah. and I'm talking about I'm not Uche. This is not you now. You're not part of that team. You've graduated. You've moved. <laughs> so, this is this is this is. A, I mean, you you passed on two people to me in the last two days, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and like, can I say something? Can I say something? You know the person, the person that you passed on to me. We had a conversation the day before yesterday. Today, he said, "I've done my your assignment. Can we talk about it?" Yeah. Right? Do you understand? So I, I've got about 15 people that I'm discipling around the world. There are other people the relationship has transitioned, but I'm talking about 15 people that I'm really working through. Because yeah. when I say I'm discipling, when you begin to disciple someone else, I'm stepping back a little bit. When you're, yeah. but these are people who are just coming. I haven't got to that stage yet. Mm-hmm. So, and one of the key thing is not all of them are in the country. So there's some people I'm a teacher, but most all of those who are in England right now, they can come to my house. Yes, yes. That is essential. It's yeah. part of what my wife and I agreed. You know, they could yeah. come to the house. We know and where they, we know where they live. If they're yeah, young, honestly, people, I need to inter I need to interrupt you now to just give a shout out to Auntie Folake. Guys, you people need to marry the right person. Hallelujah, so glory. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm telling you, I feel it. You're I feel honestly, it. My darling, my baby. Oh, okay. She that's is amazing. True. She is the best person. No, so having known Uncle D before he got married anyway, um, you know, we used to always think, man, the person who's going to marry Uncle D has to be really accommodating because his house is literally everybody's house. Like literally everybody's house. His doors are constantly open. Constantly. Like I'm sure if not for the cold, they would remain open. The doors would literally not be closed. You know, that's how that's how he is. Even r- right now, as you're talking, that's how he is. Like just before this conversation, he still was driving people to go drop them after a Bible study. So he 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 is that person. He's about that life. But Auntie Folake, 
I've never seen someone more suited for a person as though God literally handpicked them and dropped them in person's life. You know, mm. like she matches Uncle D in her hospitality, Hallelujah. generosity. Hallelujah. And then, like, even she'd become a serious apologetic. I don't like it calls it the fire. No, but she's, she's amazing. We also, and that's another beautiful thing is that so everyone that Uncle D has a relationship with also has a relationship with his wife. Of course, if you're a guy, you're probably going to be closer to Uncle D. If you're if you're a lady, you might be closer to his wife. But yeah, but take it over my house. No, yeah, and and my relationship with her is not even just oh we talk about scriptures. We literally talk about everything from natural hair to cooking to baking. Like when I was in school in England, I was constantly raiding her freezer. Like I would just come, carry food, <laughs> and go back to my house, and I. Would, leave their house at like 12 years and not because of anything because we're literally having fun we're having just good conversation enjoying time watching a movie eating playing you know and and that's that's literally what his life is like you know that's what their life is like you know but unfortunately if he had married the wrong person that would have been People have put a strain on their relationship because the person wouldn't have been able to cope. Yeah, but sorry, please go back to what you were saying. I just thought it was really important to chip that in there. Yeah, I want to shout, give a shout out to my wife and baby. You know, hallelujah. Mm. Listen, I know a lot of pastors do this. Hey, you know, but my she's not working. She's not doing a good job for me right now. I'm being honest. I'm going to confess publicly right now because right now I'm on a program. I'm on a program to get my six pack. And um, the food that she cooks is making it difficult. I'm doing a lot of skipping, running, but mm, even though I've lost five kg, I'm gaining two yeah, kg. Yeah, so guys, yeah. you guys need to really pray for me. You know, I need to resist no, no, some no. of the stuff that is presented and before me. Please let me tell you, people, guys. This is the part. This is the part where Uncle Dakwa exercises his flesh. This is exercise regimen. This is started during lockdown. Everyone in the world that knows him knows about how many skips he does in a day. Well, proud of you, sir. And he started. Uh, let him just just to shout out, just to shout out. Let me go. I'm actually doing about a thousand skips uh, when I, I do skips. I, I'm running about two k kilometers. You know, you guys. Happy you, sir. Uh, my heart is my my six pack is coming. You know, my suits are fitting. Uh, my yeah. Okay, let's get back to more serious things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's get let's get back to more. You, you, you know. There's some things that I can say that I won't say on air because people will misinterpret what one please is saying. Don't say, please. These yeah, are no, no, no. Like, yeah, because because for me, I, I I've looked at I ever since I started. You know, there's some texts in the book of Acts, right? For instance, the Bible says they broke bread from house to house, right? Yeah. Now I also understand that in some contexts, it's not wise to allow people to come to your house because you don't know the type of people that are exactly. coming to the house and so we're not really being rigid on the fact that they must come to your house but yeah. but the truth of the matter is with prayer uh, with prayer and with the fact that if you truly believe that everything that you have you've acquired in this life belongs to jesus right mm-hmm. and you're not afraid and i use the word you're not afraid to lose it discipleship mm-hmm. will become easier Hmm. Right. 
because because the nice car that we have right that mm-hmm. we think is so important right and we can't put discipline in it or we're treating mm-hmm. them like armor bearers well the joy in christianity is whatever you own belongs to the body yeah and if you can't begin to see things from that perspective it will be difficult for you to to disciple people because That's you will only disciple them to the extent that they benefit you hmm and once you have that in mind you're going to get it wrong i don't disciple people to the benefit of me i you know actually my someone said it to me recently the person said okay you know it's going to be difficult for you to have a big church oh yeah you can't you can't you it's said because because you see once you get people thinking and they know what they're supposed to do they're going to run with it they're not always going yeah. to stay with you yeah and, and i said that is true because once you get people thinking yeah and they know mm. what is in the bible why do they need you hmm right they will respect yeah. you they will they will respect you they love you and from time to time they may bounce ideas off you right you understand yeah. but they don't need you because they got the bible and that was the plan from the beginning the new mm. covenant was not meant to be the pastors being the intermediary or having structures that hinder people the new structure was god teaching us but because some of us are immature we needed the the, the pastors prof pastors prophets apostles teachers to help us so that we can mature but once we mature those people are no longer needed because mm. then you begin to operate within the body i am part of a group right of that we meet yeah. on saturday yeah 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 all of us up here is there in that group are pastor actually nearly everybody in that group is a pastor either leading mm-hmm. but we yeah. never ever use pastor we don't talk about um congregations we don't talk about uh how to grow the church we just talk about are you as a person obeying god right that's great you understand there are about six or seven of us right we're all about the same age group do you understand Mm-hmm. Some of these guys have led big churches, you understand? But in that group, there's no title. There's only me, you, and are you obeying God? We had a discussion last week, uh, two weeks ago, and we had a discussion about okay, if you were wrong, would you be open to being corrected by members of this group? Right. And the reason why we're saying is that we know that we get things wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm. be discipled in a different way. I'm yeah. now part of this group. If they see me doing something wrong, they have every right to come into order. So we now yeah. said let's do something next week, not no in the next few weeks. Is maybe we should invite our wives, give mm-hmm. them an opportunity, right? To have mm-hmm. a conversation and find out whether we're living up to the standard at home as husbands and invite our children and let each person in the group ask our children, let them be honest about how we're living. Wow. That's really good. So how many pastors? Why I'm sorry to say I'm going to hit this one. I go to pastors meeting it's always about talk about how you can grow your church and, and there's nothing tangible in it. Mm. That's why you've got pastors who teach stuff and you think what bible are you reading? Mm. Because they're not really accountable. They're just running organization that's not what Jesus wants discipleship is about people so if you really want to transition first of all let me give you three things 
because I know yeah. the first thing make sure that everybody's reading the Bible not yeah. only that the second thing is that once they read it ask them are they obeying it this is mm-hmm. if you're a worship leader okay I tell you what I'm going to say this and not one person came to me recently right he's a worship mm-hmm. leader right he's, he's a worship leader and he confessed some of the stuff that he was going through yeah right just confess yeah. some of the stuff that he was going through okay mm-hmm. now the reason why I say that is who is discipling him there are a lot of worship leaders who don't know the scriptures they don't know yeah. ask them about the trinity they can't explain it ask them about the assurance of salvation they can't explain it ask them about born again they can't explain it. they can tell you what everyone is saying but they can't mm-hmm. explain it they can't explain um they they, 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 they they know scriptures they can quote it but they cannot explain it so if you sit them down with a non-christian and ask them why do they believe what they believe they can't defend their position yeah so first thing get everyone reading the bible and find out yeah. whether they're reading it yeah the second thing mm-hmm. is this okay the second thing is is find out where they live hmm. find out where they live make your home available in yeah. some instances it's practical in some it's not but yeah. meet them as individuals not yeah. as groups meet each person as an individual and then mm. give them responsibility to grow in someone else make sure right. the church is not about you mm-hmm. that's one of the centers because that uh, that's the key thing make it mm. as fluid as possible right in terms right. of that so that's important that's the second thing about the third thing that is important in 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 discipleship is this be interested in them for them and not for you yeah you want to grow them for the kingdom not for you yeah you know sometimes you go to a donation meetings and you sit down and you think oh they just want to say i was the one who danged you who cares hmm so because you ordained me does that mean you own me or you've done mm. me a favor but the nation is supposed to be men catching up with what God has already done yeah and there are many people who have been ordained who should be nowhere near ministry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there are many people who have not been ordained who God has called and they're functioning very well outside the yeah. ordination of man yeah Just a, I, I, I hope that, that, that helps and especially the younger generation the younger generation need fathers you know one thing I think is important is that mm-hmm. the Bible uses the word elder mm-hmm. why didn't you use the word leader okay, there's a place in some way uses the word uh, uh, obey your leaders in, in the Lord do you understand we, mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. but that's very rare why does he use the word elder he says elders do not be lords over your people but lead by example there's a reason for that the reason is the elder was meant to be more like a father figure like a father hmm. you understand yeah yeah do you notice that nowhere outside except the letter of timothy when paul describes timothy in his letters he never describes him as a son outside of timothy Mm. He only describes him as a co-worker, mm. a beloved brother. But in their relationship, they knew, do you understand what I mean? But outside, yeah. Timothy was a co-worker. Yeah. Timothy, do you, do you understand? He doesn't go, I'm I, I'm sending you, Timothy, 
the one that I, you, you understand, my son in the Lord. Yeah. No, yeah. outside, Timothy is a man of God in his own right. Yeah. That is discipleship. Right. Yeah. And I've got one more thing I've discovered this year. This is this year. Sorry, I know, I know I'm going on, but this is, I'm passionate no, about no, this. Please, please, this. I'm going to okay. give you one more thing. One more thing. I'm going okay. to show you this. We're going yeah. to go to the book of Acts. Okay, let's go. Let's go there. Let's go. When Paul is in prison. You know, when, when Paul, uh, Paul in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas. Yes, Paul and Silas. Acts chapter 16. I want to show you something I picked out recently. I This I just... Let's, let's start from 16. 25. Let's okay. start from 16. Chapter 16, 25. Okay, yeah. Okay. But at mid- at mid- yeah, you yes. read, you read. <laughs> and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang songs, sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the pr- keeper of the pris- prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing the prisoners had been fled but paul cried with a loud voice saying do do thyself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before paul and silas and brought them out and said sirs stop there for a minute stop there for me stop there stop, yeah. stop, stop there for a minute stop there yeah he brought who out and said what he brought them, that is Paul and Silas, out and said, Sirs. He didn't say, Sir. He said, What? Sirs. He recognized the both of them as one. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Go and on. And then, and they said, Who said? Who said? Did they Paul say? Said, who's the, no, who's the they? Paul and Silas. Carry on. Really good. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they who, who, who? On wait, 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 who? And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, they said. They said. Yeah. And it took them. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Yeah. yeah. Paul yeah. mentored Silas. But in this time, they were ministering together as one. One. That's good. They, sir. You, do you understand? Yeah. He, he wasn't thinking. Do, do you see what I'm trying to get at? No, I actually love that you're calling attention to this because like a week ago, the Lord like drew my attention to um, these guys, um, Aquila and Priscilla, who I think they're like the rock star couple of the Bible. I love them. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, they never actually used their names apart. It was either Aquila and Priscilla or Priscilla and Aquila or Aquila and Prisca, which is like, uh, well, a, a form of the name Priscilla. And I was just like, wow, they never actually separated them. But if this is the truth and, you know, we see from that that they also, they lived with Paul. Paul lived with them for 18 months at first in, um, was it Corinth? Yes, in Corinth. And then when he left Corinth, they left with him. And then they started a church in Ephesus. And then they moved back to Rome, where they had initially come from, and started another church that was meeting in their house as well. 
and you know they were also co-laborers you know with paul and with each other so now in light of what you've just drawn my attention to it makes sense now because i was wondering why they always greeted them as a pair i thought it was because they were married even though that's a bit unusual even in scripture to see a married couple addressed together you know i came to the conclusion because of my study that oh it's because they were working together and they were clearly in sync but now if it's if we're looking at this as precedent you know of the day and the unity there then we see that it is because they were truly co-laborers in jesus christ that they were addressed like that you know they were leading the church in their house together they were laboring you know with the other believers together as well so sorry that was just i just think that's really interesting and i think that if we don't begin to transition we're going to lose a lot more people yeah you know if you don't engage i i I don't you know you know me young people will say what they want to say uh, people will say this is my opinion I'm just going to listen but I'm not going to change my opinion because I, I want to please you I mean I'm not going to yeah. stop talking about heaven and hell because it's not um, Pop- it's not popular I, to be honest I, I actually I'm going to preach the Bible I, this is what I live by I'm not going to change it I'm not going to adjust yeah. it I'm not going to suit it to meet anybody's it. We, we would engage yeah. we'd have a conversation about it but I'm not going to change it <coughs> oh bless me I'm not going to change it because uh, it's unpopular because I'm not here to please you I'm here Mm. to obey Jesus now one of the key things that people will get to know is whether you really believe it Mm. and I've mentored over the years I've probably mentored over 100 200 people over the past and I'm talking about personally yeah Mm discipled people and most of those people are in the faith today i mean yesterday uh you know what happened was it yesterday what's yesterday you know you know the joy of the news that we had yesterday that somebody who was in trouble two weeks ago yeah yeah two two weeks ago deep in trouble yesterday she she gave her life to jesus yesterday amazing Amazing. and we're planning to get her baptized um this weekend okay that is discipleship yeah you 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 they they they, sometimes one of the difficulties of discipleship is when they people that you're discipling turn their back on you and they they don't Mm. want it because you're too intense or you're and they run away but if god is working it out Mm. they will come back to you Oh, that's good. They will see them say, this guy's real. This yeah. guy's true. I had my time of running away, you know. You're not the only one. Yeah. It's part I, of the I package. Ran... <laughs> <laughs> I ran away. <laughs> and, you know, um, also, that that's another thing is discipleship is a lot of patience, you know. Um, even in our relationship, Uncle D has been very, very patient with me. I remember the first time Uncle D asked me to come to Brazil for a mission trip i think i was 14 and i was like this old man ain't nobody going to the jungle with you to go and preach with the gospel i was like nah g <laughs> um and over time you know he's asked me now full disclosure guys i'm 26 today um and i still haven't been to brazil however we have made a lot of progress uncle d has got me to do street evangelism multiple times with him um he's got me to also be at the point where even this question of who are you discipling we didn't start having it this year we started having that 
this conversation a few years back and it was always like uh oh i'm not quite ready oh i don't really know how over this over that but you know over time and and that that was time that he deliberately invested in me it wasn't accidental and he was very patient with me you know and we kept working on my growth to the point where you know there was a time this year he asked me and i said okay there are actually two people um and i asked him questions of what he thought i i needed to do and there was a point where he asked me okay what do you think you need to do and then i answered and he's like okay so this is how we go about it you know and and there was a point where someone was going through something and i felt i couldn't personally handle it so i needed to refer the person to him and now we're together in that you know ensuring that that person is doing great so it's a lot of patience like he said it, it is actually a lot of death you know it's a lot of dying to self but I think what you gain and this is I don't know I can't really speak for Dio but I think what you gain in the end is far greater than what you lose you do lose a lot you know um you know Uncle D is that person that people will be in trouble literally in the middle of the night and he's the one that's calling we're calling to bail us out of a whole lot of mess you know he's the one that we have trouble with our parents you know when we were younger he's the person we're calling and sometimes he's the person that the parents are blaming because they think he's filling our <laughs> heads with too much of you know independent thoughts you know and like you are making them too opinionated you know um and there was that season and now it's the okay i'm having trouble in my relationship and i need to speak to you about this and he always makes the time um there's a couple that he discipled and they're married now and they're really cool I, i'm not i'm not close to them at all but I, I've listened to them speak and I really love, you know, how they model that out. And that was one of the things that really inspired me to definitely do this that way. Um, that's Hazel and Aubrey. Um, I think, can you just talk, for the people in relation, can you just give like a brief rundown of how your relationship with Hazel and Aubrey went? I know this is kind of talking, this is kind of talking about them behind their back. Please, they should not be angry for the gospel. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um... Oh yeah, Hazel. Um, I met in my daughter's university when she was in when she was in uni, and yeah. um, Hazel was um, Hazel is and is a worship leader. And as is, as as is my custom, as you said, I, I go to places and I would always make meet people. You always get yeah. interested. One of the key things I don't do doesn't matter how many thousands of people. I never leave the stage. I think I picked that up from John Maxwell. Um, mm. when when I go and minister somewhere I don't just breeze in and breeze out I, I, yeah. I hang around give people opportunity to either meet you or talk to you and, yeah. um, and, and, and there were a few about five or six from Roots University that I'm still in in, in, in a relationship with so um, Hazel and I built this relationship and she tells me that um, she's in a relationship with this guy uh, Aubrey oh by the way I actually spoke to him today by the way um, oh, no. So and um, and um, she's so I said to um, Hazel, you know, I'd like to meet him. And, um, he's he comes to one of my events and I meet him. We say hello, and that was it. And so I said to to Hazel, 
you know, it'd be nice just to catch up, see where he's at. And he's kind of thinking, why, what on earth? Who is this guy that he thinks he needs to meet me? You know, he's not yeah. even, your, he's not your uncle. He's not close to you. He's not, did you understand what I mean? Yeah, so he's yeah. kind of like, kind of distancing himself, you know. Kind of. yeah. Then one day he just calls me out of the blue. He just calls me out of the blue. Not unexpected, you know. Says so he introduces himself, remember me this. And we had a, and that day we had a conversation for one hour. Yeah. From that day on, Change, think, things changed. Hmm. Things changed. You know, he'll pick up the phone. He'll call, seek advice. You know, he's um, um, he's he's um, what's what does he do now? Oh, I've forgotten. He's a physiotherapist. He's one of he's a he's a, he's a top physiotherapist in 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 HHS, NHS in London. And yeah. and we would talk like you know like real like. You know when he was when when they got pregnant as soon as the baby came the wedding day he said i needed to come down to malawi to conduct the wedding you know and we're, we're, we're that close so when wait uncle D, wait the way you say it, it sounds a bit like they got pregnant before they got married no 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 let's be clear let's be clear let's be clear Ah, no, that didn't happen. After the wedding, they got the wed- they, they got married, they invited me down, so they said, we want you to conduct the wedding. I did both the, the registry here in the UK, did the one in Malawi. I mean, this is part of the discipleship thing. You yeah. you pay your ticket and you go because you love them, you know. Yeah, uh, and you, yeah, you, you, you go there. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, you 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 build you build those relationships and yeah. and until today when when the baby was coming you know when the baby was they had the time there was time when baby Nala was not feeling well and they were all the way in Southampton I mm. think it was Southampton so I, I got on the train to and you know what they said they said we didn't want to tell you because we knew that once you heard you're gonna get on the train yeah and and come and meet us and and I was there and the back at home see relationships are relationships it's, yeah. it's a father it's, it's not about someone calling you daddy because mm-hmm. you know it's a if someone calls you father mm-hmm. it's because you've been a real father to them yeah it's not a church thing this it's 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 a there are many people who are fathers who've got children but they're not there yeah there are many people who don't have children but have been fathers yeah what the church needs now is real fathers yeah not titled fathers mm. real fathers who are mm. going to relate to people and and i and, and i remember aubrey asking me when he wanted to propose to his wife i mean i'm i'm those who know me you know what i'm like i'm a typical bush boy <laughs> i really don't care about these things you know but when he asked me he said he was going to do this thing i said aubrey you know listen I, I, I listen. I, I don't want them to think that you're walking in my footsteps. I don't want them to say there's certain <laughs> things that I would do and I would get away with it. Yeah. But if you do it, you can't get away with it. So I got you've got to think of something creative. Yeah. And and he did something magnificent. Do you understand? Yeah. Now when he was going to get married, he said, "Would I come to the introduction?" And he's not the only one. There are other people that I've, I've they, they said, "Would I come and be at the introduction?" Can I? represent them in this that is what discipleship brings yeah it's to see other people grow yeah. not not just in the church but in everything yeah and the more they grow yeah mm-hmm. the the less you need to do mm-hmm. you can concentrate on the people who are not saved yeah that's true and that for me is the essence of discipleship 
they're growing they don't need you do yourself out of a job and then you can concentrate on those who are not saved yet and that is discipleship 101 that's so good so good wow uncle d like I'm snapping my fingers because that was so good. Thank you. Yeah, why do you guys do that? Why do you guys do that? What's that all about? It's something from Poetry Slams. You know, they do it. Instead of clapping, it's to show like, wow, that was so good. You know, when that's they do right, right. snap your fingers. Yeah, no. the generational divide is showing, but it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. Um, but thank you, Uncle D. That was really, really good. Um, so I, I like to always end with two prayers. Um, um a prayer about the things we've talked about for anyone who needs discipleship and for anyone who wants to go on the journey of you know also discipling people which is what we're supposed to be doing um and also um a a prayer inviting anyone who has listened to this and would like to know about this jesus thing and make a decision for jesus so uncle did you mind praying for anyone who wants to become a disciple has struggled with discipleship has been hurt by you know a a discipleship relationship and who is trying to figure all of this about all this out yeah she might praying for those people yeah i I would i I want to read one scripture okay then i'm gonna cry one i'm gonna close this not everyone in the church is a disciple yeah so this this is john 8 31 Mm-hmm. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him mm. if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed Yeah. and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, free. Father, Father we just want to pray today thanking you for the opportunity just to have a conversation Thank you. Um, and we recognize that Lord we're not being proud about this thing. we're not being arrogant we're not trying to Put everyone down. What always we're trying to do is this: say, "Look, Father, there's a way you want things done, and all we're trying to do is seek out the best way to do it now. But all we need is already been given to us in the scriptures. Yes, sir. And all we need to do is to look at what you did. And once mm-hmm. we follow what you do, then we will have the results that you desire and yeah. demand of us. Yeah. That's all we want. So I want to pray for people who I'd have looked up to someone. And there are many, and I've been disappointed. Mm. People who have been discipled wrongly, who are hurt. People who have not yet been discipled, who would like to be discipled. Churches who need to transition into discipleship. Yeah. Who think that discipleship is discipleship classes, which is information based, and give a certificate at the end. Lord, I, I pray that. You will grant all of us the humility to reevaluate what we do and how effective it really is. Amen. I, I pray for people who are hurting, who are looking for someone to disciple, but they've never been discipled. And I pray for people who should be discipling other people that they should start now. It's never Amen. too late to begin. Amen. And I pray that myself and Uche will continue on the journey of discipleship Amen. and that after sharing this, we won't go back and do something else. Amen. Help us to remain in the place of truth. But there are many people who are in the church who think that they're Christians, but they're not disciples of Jesus yet because they're not obeying him. I pray their minds and their hearts will be opened. Amen. 
a lot and especially people who have had bad relationships at home mm. with the parents who are professing Christians and things are not going well mm. I pray that father you will bring healing amen pray for people who are suicidal mm. people who are who've been raped people who are angry who are bitter mm. people who don't even know how to relate to their husbands and wives because of things that have happened in the past. I ask father that someone will come alongside them too and show them the best way. Amen. Which is your way. Amen. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you sir. Um I'm just going to ask anyone who would like to make a decision to walk on this journey with Jesus to become a disciple. The Bible says that with the heart you believe and with the mouth you confess and that is the beginning of the journey and what are you believing what are you confessing we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living god who came down in the form of human flesh to take on the sins of the world and die so that all who believe in him all who call upon his name will find freedom and salvation and will have unfettered access and eternal life intimacy with the king of kings and the lord of lords so i just want to invite you if if you've been touched by anything we're saying if the holy spirit is working in your heart um i want to put it out there that jesus is coming back and he's coming back very soon tomorrow is not promised so if you've been delaying on getting right with the lord please just use this opportunity to get on a journey of becoming a disciple and it just starts with saying lord jesus i acknowledge that i am a sinner that i am in need of your salvation and that my good works no matter how good can never ever save me lord jesus i ask i acknowledge that you died for my sins I repent of my evil ways. I ask Lord that you come and be the Lord of my life. That you come and be my father, that you come and be my Lord, that you come and be my friend, that you come and be my healer. Abba, I want to go on this journey with you. I want to become a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. And today I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for welcoming me into your holy family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed any of those prayers, please reach out to me um, through the Chase Corner on Instagram or through my personal page, A-N-E-E-U-C-H-E. Um, please send a DM. Please reach out however you can. Um, if you cannot reach me, please reach a fellow believer, reach a Christian, reach out to someone, please, um, and ensure that you are getting on this journey um please get a bible read the scriptures look for someone to explain the scriptures to you um and if you have any questions about anything we've discussed or as usual if you believe our theology is all wrong please feel free to drag our theology we welcome the conversation we always are ready to learn we're humble and open and we're always willing to be corrected so please if I or Uncle Dako has said anything that you believe is not biblical, please let us know. 
if you've learned something new please let us know if you'd like to find out more <laughs> about this whole discipleship thing or all the amazing things that Pastor Dakwood does please contact me or check out missyourday.org on Instagram Miss Your Day is actually a it's a team that actually powers missions um, to different places from the local to the international all across the globe um, so please plug into Miss Your Day I think I'll share I'll share the their handle on um, in the description box of this podcast thank you uncle d for being here thank you everyone for listening god bless you and stay amazing remember jesus is for everyone and jesus loves you bye